The Democratic Party has become increasingly desperate to hold their party together. It's almost like no matter what they do, they can't win. We recently heard the story about a Democrat who thanked Donald Trump because she received hydroxychloroquine when she was sick with the coronavirus and it saved her life. We're now hearing that Democrats plan to censure her because she said thank you to the president. Not an endorsement. She's not quitting the party, but that was enough. And it's something we've seen before. See, the Democrats are split between the progressive base and the moderate base, and they're struggling to keep it together. The progressives hate Joe Biden, but the Democratic establishment knows that if they don't go for moderate policy, they won't win anyway. So Joe Biden's trying to simultaneously court the far left, which has almost nothing in common with the establishment while trying to challenge Trump on issues like China. None of this works. And now we're seeing many defectors. While it is true that there are some people who have defected from the Republican Party, Overwhelmingly, we see people leave the Democratic Party to become Republicans. Recently, a Democrat in Georgia endorsed Donald Trump, saying the Democratic Party left him, but he refused to leave the party. The big update here, while he said he was going to resign the other day, he has since retracted the resignation and said he will not be forced out. And I think within reason, it's a good thing. So long as you have Democrats who are willing to stand up to the party's leftward drift, you might actually win that party back. But I don't think I don't think we'll actually get to that point. You see, they're desperate to keep this together because they know they don't have a large enough base to defeat the Republicans and Donald Trump. That means they are selling out their principles to try and court progressives. In the end, what we're seeing is team sports. They don't care about the policies. They just want to win. Well, I certainly think on the right, we can see that many of these politicians have principles. For instance, when you look at Matt Gates, who recently uh, in the past few months, voted against the Republican Party, he got slammed for it. Was he censured or kicked out? No, they were mad for a little bit, but things carried on. On the left, they don't tolerate this, and they actively try to remove people. When it came to Jeff Van Drew in South Jersey, apparently someone came to his, to his office and said, if you don't vote to impeach the, impeach the president, we will remove you. So he said, fine. And he switched to the Republican Party. And now here we are. This Democrat in Michigan, I believe it is, who praised who praised Donald Trump is now being threatened with censure. So Trump is saying, join the Republican Party. I don't think she will, but you can see why they're struggling so hard. You see, the Republicans have remained fairly moderate, although the media has been helping the Democrats be they're, they're propping them up, essentially, especially Joe Biden. Regular people understand that, that, that the Republicans, while they are center right, they have more in common with moderate liberals than the rest of the Democratic Party does. I'll put it this way. You're not going to win an election based on just be in the party. But that's what they've tried doing. They're literally trying to win based on there's a bunch of us and Trump is bad. In one article that I love citing, The Atlantic said, stay alive, Joe Biden. That's all they've got. So now Joe Biden, understanding that regular Americans do not agree with this, has created ads opposing China, and you even have some Biden staff members trying to create some kind of conspiracy theory that Donald Trump is working for China because he owes them money. I kid you not. That's how insane it's getting. The desperation is real. But as the, the Joe Biden's campaign tries to embrace his anti-China rhetoric, the left comes for them. It's a circular firing squad. They cannot maintain this. Maybe if they stood on principle, they might actually win. But I don't think so. Let's do this. Let's read the news. Uh, the first story I have for you is about the censuring of this lawmaker simply for thanking the president. To me, that's frankly absurd. But of course, we don't have any unity in this country. Okay, for me, it's simple. 
If you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, you do something good, I'll say thank you. But because we see this so often from Democrats, don't be surprised if you see me very, very critical of the Democrats. I have praised them when they've done things that are good. I have been critical of the president even today. But this is frankly absurd. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's several ways you can give, but the best thing you can do, share this video. YouTube is propping up the mainstream media, giving them front page guarantees and access, giving them all the privilege and all the benefits. And that means that content like mine isn't getting any algorithmic benefits. In fact, they suppress it very often. I have to seek help from people I know in Google to try and fix the problems that they're saddling me with. But if you share these videos, it is substantially more powerful than their algorithm. And there's nothing they can do about that, I guess, outside of just banning me. But also don't forget, subscribe, hit the like button, hit the notification bell if you want to get more videos like this. We have a lot to go through because it's not just about this one Democrat. We've got the Georgia Democrat refusing to resign. We've got one example of the Republicans even breaking ranks, but still Matt Gates seems to be doing fine. But the bigger story I want to get to is the, the rift between Biden and the left, because he's now going after China because he knows it's the winning path. But the Democrats are desperate to keep this together and it's not going to work. Take a look at this other story. Joe Biden campaign returns donation made by comedian Louis C.K. The purity testing will be your end. You will never win if you reject your own supporters. And that's exactly what the Democrats are doing. How could a party possibly maintain any kind of position of power if they reject their own supporters? Your guess is as good as mine. Democrats in Detroit plan to vote to censure and bar any future endorsement of a Democratic lawmaker of a Democratic lawmaker who credited President Donald Trump with advocating for the drug that she said cured her of COVID-19. State Rep Karen Whitson of Detroit broke protocol by meeting with President Donald Trump and Vice President Mike Pence during an April 14th meeting of COVID-19 survivors, during which she credited hydroxychloroquine for saving her life. Thank you for everything that you have done, she told Trump at the meeting. I did not know that saying thank you had a political line. I'm telling my story and my truth and this is and, and this how I feel. And these are my words. Trump appeared to offer his support for the state le- a representative late Thursday, tweeting disgraceful, which it should join the Republican Party. And this is in response to a tweet from Ronna McDaniel, who said that Rep. Whitsitt nearly died from the coronavirus. She dared to say something positive about real Donald Trump. Michigan Democratic Party bosses are effectively kicking her out of the party. How is this real life? You, you need all the supporters you can get. I mean, that's why the Democrats are trying to court the far left, right? I'll tell you what, nothing makes sense. If the desperate, if, if the Democrats were really that desperate that they would try and, and, and uh, cater to Bernie Sanders base, who doesn't like them, why would they kick out these people? You know what it is? I think I know. The only narrative they have is orange man bad. They have offered me nothing. They have made no arguments in support of their positions or, 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 or members. They've only ever said that Trump is bad. It's the one thing that unites the progressives and the moderates. So if a moderate comes out and says, thank you, Trump, I appreciate it. They say, gotta go because that's their mission. Their plan is to make Trump look bad at every single step. It's the only thing they have. You go against that line, you're out. That's why the other guy, this is the Georgia Democratic uh, uh, lawmaker. He retracted his resignation. I will not allow the Democrats to bully me into submission. At this point, the Democrats aren't even a single party. I've said this many, many times. They're effectively two different parties. And the only thing they have going for them is that people don't like Donald Trump. I'm sorry, man. I look, it's possible they can win with this strategy. 
I just don't believe it. I do not believe that you can run someone who is nothing, who can't speak against Trump. But you know what the, what, you know, the Democrats do have? They have help from the media. See, the media is firing salvo after salvo to make Trump look crazy and make him look bad. And all the Democrats have to do is put some guy in puppet strings. And that's their plan. I don't think it's working. I really, really don't. Now, Donald Trump wants this woman to join the Republican Party. I don't think she will. He did win over many people. There are many local level politicians, many in Pennsylvania, for instance, which is bad news for Joe Biden. The interesting thing about the party switch is that in Pennsylvania, we've seen some small jurisdictions as well as state level lawmakers switch from the Democratic Party to either independent or to the Republican Party. This is a state that Joe Biden needs to win. And the media tries to claim that Donald Trump is scared because he doesn't think he can beat Joe Biden in Pennsylvania. I'm not entirely convinced, man. I don't, I don't know how you put someone like Joe Biden against Trump and think he wins. Well, they're trying. You see, what they're trying to do now is take Trump's own policy positions from him. It's clever. Donald Trump did something similar. But this is what we'll get from the Biden camp. First of all, we have the Biden ad, right? Biden ad exposes a rift over China on the left. The former vice president's effort to hit Trump as soft on Beijing is backfiring among parts of his base. That's right. Because when you only go after orange man bad, you bring in people who disagree with you and then you don't win. Take a look at this. They say some worry the rhetoric in a new Biden campaign ad could spur anti-Asian bias already on the rise because of the coronavirus pandemic. Others argue that Biden's efforts to sound tougher on China than Trump could backfire diplomatically in the long run. The rifts on the left are far from a serious fracture, but they nonetheless illustrate the challenge the former vice president faces in trying to lay out a U.S.-China policy that has become even more complicated thanks to the might of a tiny virus. I love how the media protects Joe Biden. The rift is far from a serious fracture. You kidding me? They are fractured so, so, so much. You've got the left sort of saying never Biden. They'll never support him. Now, AOC said she'll vote for him, but that's out of line with where the progressives are at. In fact, that there's a woman from the ACLU who called Biden effectively racist, saying he's trying to out Trump Trump. The party is completely fractured. But you know what? They can always rely on the on on the media to protect them. This is from director of rapid response, Andrew Bates, for the Joe Biden campaign. And now they're trying to make it seem like Trump is colluding with China. This is the best they can do. Bravo. I'm impressed. I would have assumed that after the Russiagate stuff, they would they would have knocked it off. But the only thing they have is we all must unite around not liking Donald Trump. Sorry, it's not, it's not an argument for me. It might work for some people. Like, let's be real. Not me, though. If you come to me and say Trump is bad, I'm going to be like, OK, and w- 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 are you trying to tell me I should vote for somebody? That's ridiculous. It's like trying to tell someone to buy a cheeseburger because hot dogs don't taste as good. Well, who said I was going to buy either, man? If you want me to buy your product, don't tell me some other non-essential product is, is something, you know, that's bad. It doesn't make sense. Well, here's what he tweeted. Trump owes the Bank of China millions for helping him acquire one of the most valuable properties. The loan comes due in the middle of the next presidential term. Remember how much he echoed Chinese government propaganda about the virus being contained? Oh, I do remember. Quote, Trump repeatedly praised China's response to coronavirus in February. 15 times Trump praised China as coronavirus was spreading across the globe. Wonderful. I'm not going to 
I don't want to go as far as say that he's pushing conspiracy theories, but I, come on, we know what he's insinuating. Trump is pushing pro-China narrative because he secretly owes money to the Chinese. He's been ragging on the Chinese for a decade, man. And hold on a second. Didn't we just see over at Politico that there's concern this will have a dip, this will backfire diplomatically? So do we now simultaneously agree that Donald Trump was trying to be diplomatic at a time when there's a serious crisis and he's always been hard on China? I really don't understand what their plan is. I feel like the Democrats came out and adopted much of Trump's rhetoric. I mean, I'm not saying like act like Trump. If they didn't act like Trump, they'd probably do way better. But I'll tell you what, take Donald Trump, get rid of the potty mouth and you got a winning Democratic nominee. But you see what the Democrats have tried this whole time is to claim that everything Trump says or advocates for is bad, even when it's not. That puts him in a very dangerous position where he just roped them into a big trap. Trump in January, I want to ban travel from China. Then they say, how, oh, Trump's a xenophobe, ban and travel. So then early April, they say, you know what? Actually, you know, Joe Biden comes out. I agree with Trump on his travel ban, but he didn't go far enough. So then Trump says, all right, all immigration out the window. I'm going to go as hard and as ham on this as I possibly can. And then they backtrack again. It's so predictable and obvious. He's making them look like they're, they don't even exist. What I mean by that is there's no Democratic Party to align with. There's only do I not like Donald Trump. That's it. The reality is Trump is campaigning against the media. These stories typically frame things as if Trump does it, it's bad. If Biden does it, it's good. But it's not everybody. It's just the allies the Democrats seem to have in media. And then you have other people who work, who are within this culture of journalism who want to fit in. So they say whatever they think is, is going to get them the most attention or, you know, brownie points within their own tribe. Well, Donald Trump can do basically anything and the media will claim it's entirely awful. The problem with Biden, however, is that the progressives won't stand for it. Progressive group calls on Biden to remove Summers as economic advisor because he's not far left enough. There's no winning, man. I don't know what you think you're going to get out of this, but you're not going to win. If all you do is pander to the far left, then regular people, people like me are going to be like, I guess it's Trump. You heard it from Joe Rogan. You've heard it from people like me and they want to discredit this. Someone as, as, as lefty as Joe is saying he'd rather vote for Trump should be a warning sign, but they don't get it. Maybe they did get it. Maybe they did. But they put up Joe Biden and it's the craziest thing to me because the dude cannot speak. Well, this extends beyond just the Democratic Party. I can talk all day and night about the Democrats being in shambles, being desperate, falling apart. But the reality is they have allies in media and they have allies in social media. You see, Joe Biden is a creepy dude. He says creepy things. Well, Donald Trump posted a meme video where it's a bunch of dudes watching the sporting event. They see Trump. and He goes, that's my man. And then it goes to commercial and they go, oh, no, not another commercial. And it shows Joe Biden saying very creepy things about children. They then all look over to Obama who's sitting there and he goes, what? I talked about this the other day in my, my, in my previous, previous segment. That video was removed. Copyright claim. Well, it's transformative. Who copyright claimed it? Why can't the president tweet that video out? Yep, got removed. It's not just the media companies that are seeking to protect the Democratic Party and come out against Trump. It's social media. JoeBiden.info is a website that makes Joe look absolutely bonkers. He is a creepy old man. They even show a segment from The Daily Show. Well, have you tried recently to share JoeBiden.info on Facebook. Let me show you what you get. This is the image. I sent this to a friend, JoeBiden.info, and it says your message couldn't be shared because this link goes against our community standards. If you think this doesn't go against our community standards, let us know. Well, it doesn't. I don't know why Facebook is claiming it does. 
But this is what's happening. This is the reality. Twitter is taking down a fake Joe Biden ad amplified by Trump campaign staffers. The Biden campaign confirmed the ad was faked. I'm not a fan of this ad. It's, it's a ridiculous satire, but it does claim at the bottom it was paid for by Biden. I completely disagree with this. I think it's, it's malicious. I don't think you should be tricking people into making Joe Biden look worse. You don't need to. But somebody make a, made, made a joke mean. All right. I disagree with it. Twitter has removed it. Thank you, Twitter, for removing this fake ad. Now, what about Joe Biden's misinformation? What about the fact that he lied about the very fine, the very fine, uh, very fine people statement in his opening of his campaign? What about the other statements where he mishmashed words from Trump and put them together? This really happened. And Twitter did nothing to take this down, saying it's all acceptable. You can do it. The Democrats have the media activists on their side. And it's one thing I've talked about quite a bit over the past several years, that if the Republicans didn't, I'll keep the language tone, if the Republicans didn't pay attention, and they didn't, this would come back and it would hurt them substantially. And it has been. Some of the highest profile Trump supporters are completely gone from, from various platforms and everybody knows it. They're not coming back. You now see that Trump is facing an uphill battle when it comes to memes. Why? Well, because Trump's memes are way better. The Trump campaign does a way better job of communicating with younger people and being funny and fun. The Democrats aren't. What the Democrats have on their side is establishment power and authority. That means the media will frame everything Trump says as wrong or unintelligent, and they will finish Joe Biden's sentences for him to make it seem like he is being intelligent. Joe Biden has no, no, no real strategies or no plans. And it's funny when I see the media say Biden has unveiled his new plan. No, he didn't. He didn't. And we know he didn't. There was recently a segment he did with uh, the Late Late Show, where he was making a joke about Julia Louise Dreyfus being his VP because, you know, she did the show uh, Veep. And he keeps looking down every two seconds because he doesn't even know where he is. He can't remember anything. How could this man be president? I don't know who he's going to pick as VP, but it's clear that they don't have a real strategy other than we wield institutional power. We will use it. And that's how we will win. Anyone who dares break ranks will be punished and essentially removed from the party. Joe Biden says nothing. And I wonder why it is the media ignores this. It should be the, uh, it should be the most obvious warning sign to everybody. That if Joe Biden can get away with posting fake ads on Twitter, then you know that Twitter and these big companies are in the bag for the Democrats. If, if, if he can post fake ads and no one's going to flag them, the media won't write about it. The tech companies and the news outlets are in the bag for the Democrats. But you know what's really dumb? It's like, it's, it's funny to me that they say the media doesn't have a liberal bias, right? That's what they like to claim. They, they often frame things as though the conservative media does this, never recognizing themselves as liberal media. And I know many of these activists who say there is no liberal media, just good, honest journalism and a bunch of right wing nuts. But these news organizations literally endorse Democrats almost all the time. Like, why is it the New York Times is endorsing anybody? To, them, to me, that makes just absolutely no sense. Well, let's get back to the purity test. Joe Biden had to return money because Louis C.K. made, made this donation. You know why? because the mob has spoken. Do not step out of line with our core ideology. I don't understand it because I think for the most part, none of it makes sense. Who cares if Louis C.K. gives you money? Well, he's going to go up against, let me put it this way. I don't understand how it is that Joe Biden can claim that Trump is soft on China and then get attacked by the far left, but then reject money from Louis C.K. because he'll be attacked by the far left. So, you know, some people might say that I, I, I might contradict myself. No, let me just point this out. I have no idea what they're doing. 
And it's hard to make a point when they're doing multiple things at once or seemingly nothing at all. I guess the only real way I can put it is you you look at some parts of the Democratic Party and you make assumptions that they're, you know, the ones in charge. And then you realize they're not. No one is. And that's kind of the point. There is no nucleus anymore. The Democratic Party is fractured with no strategy. And what you end up with is Joe Biden trying to be the leader of the party. And he's pushing anti-China rhetoric. But then he's also getting rid of donations to appease the far left, trying to pander to progressives who want him to remove his own staff members. I'm sorry. None of it makes sense. And I don't know what I would be voting for if I did vote for this man. First of all, he can't speak. I have no idea if he's for or against this stuff. Does he believe in free speech? Does he oppose it? What's up with that weird stuff you're saying about kids? And why are the Democrats kicking out their own members for simply saying, hi, thank you, President Trump? That's it. Here's what I expect. I expect to see many more Democrats defect. I don't know if Trump will win in November. I've been pretty bullish on him winning re-election, but it's hard to know for sure. Some people might not appreciate that my opinions frequently change, but it's because new information comes out all the time. When I look at all of these stories, it often does leave me confused trying to figure out what the Democrats are trying to accomplish. I honestly don't know. I think they want to win, but if they wanted to win, why would they kick out their own supporters? If they wanted to win, why would they reject donations from their own supporters? Unless they don't want to win, unless everything they've done is some secret plot to get Donald Trump reelected, which I don't think it is, but I just honestly can't tell you, man. It seems like pure chaos to see, you know, Trump making gains in the black community. And they know it's a a huge problem for them. So what do they do? When this woman comes out, they threaten her. They could have just said nothing. Who are you pandering to? Not me, not regular people, and certainly, certainly not minority voters. You're threatening career damage to a woman because medicine saved her life. That's, you could have just done nothing. So I don't don't know what to tell you, man. I'll tell you what. All of this stuff leaves me rather baffled. It's the best I can say. I read this stuff every day and I can't say that I I can truly understand what that, what it is they're going for because it's just a mess, but I can say they're desperate. I can say they're struggling and there is no leadership anymore. I think that's the easiest way to put it. I'll put it this way. Don't assume what you see from the Democratic Party is any sign of leadership. Nancy Pelosi is not a leader. Chuck Schumer is not a leader. Schiff is not a leader. None of these people are. They don't know what they're doing because there's no unifying principle or individual. They fell apart. Hillary Clinton lost and there was no one left to pick up the pieces. If Joe Biden is the best they can do as their rallying cry, that's the weakness of the Democratic Party. As far as I'm concerned, I think the party is completely gone. It's just a name now, but it doesn't represent anything. Are they moderate? Are they far left? Are they socialist? Do they want Bernie? Who's in charge? Is it Pelosi? Honestly, don't know. I guess Pelosi is the strongest person within the party. But I think the real, the easy way to put it is the Democratic Party is actually like three or four different parties at this point. None of it makes sense. State and local representatives are agreeing with Trump. How does that, how, do, how does this jive with the, the rest of the party? It, it literally doesn't. None, none of it makes sense. How does Joe Biden's, you know, uh, accusing Trump of, of colluding with China, I'm being hyperbolic, and uh, his, his China, uh, Trump is soft on China ad, how does that work with the far left? Nothing does, man. So I guess I'll leave it there. I'll, I'll tell you I'm frustrated because I, I've been sitting here reading this stuff just confused as to what any of it means. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's the best conclusion I can make. There's no party anymore. So it's just, it's Trump running against people who don't like Trump. That's it. It's Trump. You like him or you don't. That's it. Vote for the other guy because he's alive. Don't look at me. I'm not going to do that. 
Next segment will be coming up at 4 p- uh, 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash TimCastNews. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you there. The big story this morning, a story that I don't really care to talk about, but have to, is that Donald Trump has suggested somehow getting light into the skin or body of an individual infected with coronavirus or possibly injecting disinfectant. I'll read you the quote. Okay, I'll read you the quote because the difficult thing with this story, and I'll tell you what, I didn't believe it. This This is it. As soon as I see the tweets where they're like, Donald Trump suggests injecting bleach, I was like, no, he didn't. Shut up. That didn't happen. And technically, it did not happen. Now, Trump did say stupid things about injecting yourself with bleach. You know what, man? The president says stupid things. He does. I, I, I talk about it in passing for the most part. You know why I don't care to talk about Donald Trump saying something dumb? Because he says dumb things often. They're typically not nearly as bad as how the media frames them out to be. And surprisingly, they're still trying to make this one worse. But you don't need me to do that, and I don't want to do it. Look, I lived through numerous presidents. I've seen presidents say dumb things, and I see how the game is played. So let me give you the obvious Tim Pool take, which I know all of you have already predicted. When Joe Biden comes out and mutters and mumbles, the media gives him the benefit of the doubt. They take his gibberish nonsense statements and craft it into this beautiful poem of policy ideas. Ideas. No, I'm sorry. Joe Biden muttering and sputtering for 20 seconds is garbage nonsense. And you can say it like it is. That's a big difference between the inability to articulate a thought and Trump having stupid thoughts to articulate. So when Donald Trump says at this press briefing something profoundly stupid, then yes, by all means, criticize him for it. You know, I I, I was going to tweet something out about this, but I'm like, the Tim Pool take is just so obvious. So what, what am I supposed to say? They do this every single time Trump says anything. Recently, Trump asked a question, and I got no problem with Trump asking this question. This is back on March 3rd. Trump's, here's what the independent writes. Trump suggests using flu vaccine on coronavirus and is instantly corrected by health experts. No, I am personally surprised Donald Trump thought a flu vaccine might still work for the coronavirus. They are not the same thing, but I understand why he might have thought that just because I know it doesn't mean he should. The president isn't an all knowing deity who can tell you everything unless, of course, I guess you're like, you know, someone who literally believes he's the God. He's he's a God emperor. No, no. Listen, there are I I don't know a whole lot about how vaccines work in terms of uh, peripheral uh, uh, immunities. But my understanding is that if you get a flu vaccine, It's similar enough to many other strains that it provides you some kind of partial immunities. That being the case, Trump might have said, is is the flu vaccine close enough to this? And of course, they say he suggests the flu vaccine. Well, he didn't suggest anything. He asked about it. So, you know, the media is absolutely loving this story. And the funniest thing about it, I can't believe, you know, I, I, I have to talk about it. The New York, I'm seeing a bunch of outlets that normally would absolutely annihilate the president with out-of-context trash, giving us all of the perfect, well-meaning, well-tempered news reporting on this one. You know why? Because they got him on this one. They do. If Donald Trump comes out and says something like, I think vitamin C is really great. It's going to make you very healthy. They're going to be like, Donald Trump, you know, suggests people taking mass amounts of vitamin C, blah, blah, blah. And we've already heard from, you know, YouTube that saying vitamin C will, will cure you or, or, or help you. You can't say that. Okay. So I'm not saying that I'm, I'm saying what you can't say, but Donald Trump could say something and we know what the media will do. 
they will take it in the, the worst possible assumption. So my, my favorite example is NBC News's fact check of Trump during the 2016 debates with Hillary Clinton when he said Hillary acid washed her, shir- her server. What did the N- NBC, New- NBC News issue is, is a, a graph, an image, a graphic on Twitter that said fact check false. Hillary Clinton did not use a corrosive chemical on her server. What Trump wasn't saying she did. Listen, man, you want to criticize the president? I really don't care. Just criticize him for things that matter. And now we have something that I think it's fair to criticize him for. He's getting up at the podium and he said something really, really dumb. And I hope in this instance, people don't do stupid things. But I can kind of understand where Trump might be thinking, you know, but I'm not going to play any games. What the media likes to do with Joe Biden is give him the benefit of the doubt, explain to you what he really meant and tell you Donald Trump is wrong about literally everything. And he meant the worst possible interpretation. Some people are saying when Donald Trump said you could get, you know, disinfectant in the body, he was referring to like antivirals, interferon, blah, blah, blah. I don't care to play these games, dude. You can argue that if you like the guy, fine, I get it. But to me, that's biased. Okay. Look, I know, you know, I have my biases. You know, I don't frequently like, like, I don't know, 5% of the videos I make will probably be like critical of Trump and the Republicans. And the reason for it is I find them, you know, it's, it's, it's not a policy debate. It's a, it's a media debate. It's an ethics debate. I like, I've, I've talked about this over and over again, that I don't think Trump is the perfect person, perfect person for this job. Now being confronted with Joe Biden, I'm actually considering voting for the man because I'm like, well, what's the alternative? Joe Biden's idiocy. Now this is a huge step in the wrong direction. I'll tell you what, I, I, I don't like sycophants. I don't like people pretending that Trump is perfect. Come on, man. He's certainly not. But what I really, really don't like is a lack of rules and understanding. I don't think every rule is perfect. Some rules are not good rules. But I like to, I, I like to at least understand, what do you want from me? So when the press says, you know, here's, here's how we're going to deal with the presidential candidates, I say, okay, just please do, hold people to the same standards and be fair. They do not. Let me read you this story from the New York Times, because I got to admit, the New York Times seems to be the fairest. I, I, I seriously, and I'll show you the least fair uh, outlets. The New York Times says Trump asks if sunlight can kill viruses, not as a treatment, Burks says. At a briefing, the president promoted unproven treatments and asked Dr. Deborah Burks if she had heard of success of sunlight as a tool against viruses. No, Trump did not promote unproven treatments. He suggested stupid things. You know what? You know what? You know what, man? This is what I see. Donald Trump says things that are wrong and they say he's lying. They say he's promoting. No, dude, he's wrong. Just be honest about it. You can drag the guy, man. I think this is one of the stupidest things he's ever said, but just be honest about it. Nobody's perfect. You can criticize the president. No one's, no one's refusing that. What's really frustrating to me right now with this whole story, you can tell because I'm at seven minutes before I even got into the story, is that finally... Donald Trump says something that you can directly call him out for. And there's a lot of things he says where you're like, okay, Trump, calm down on that one. Or that's not true. This one's something where you can be like, no, 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 no. Get him off the podium. Don't say that. And now the media is all here with their suit buttoned up. Well, actually, now they're actually going to try and do real reporting because they don't need to exaggerate. That's what I can't stand. It was so predictable. Let's read the story. The New York Times says, President Trump has long pinned his hopes 
on the powers of sunlight to defeat the COVID-19 virus. On Thursday, he returned to that theme at a daily White House coronavirus briefing, bringing in a top administration scientist to back up his assertions and eagerly theorizing dangerously in the view of some experts about the powers of sunlight, ultraviolet light, and household disinfectants to kill the coronavirus. After the scientist William N. Bryan, the head of science at the Department of Homeland Security, told the briefing that the government had tested how sunlight and disinfectants, including bleach and alcohol, can kill the coronavirus on surfaces in as little as 30 seconds. An excited Mr. Trump returned to the lectern. Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. And I think you said that hasn't been checked, but we're going to test it. He added, turning to Mr. Bryan, who had returned to his seat. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, either through the skin or some other way. Apparently reassured that other tests he was proposing would take place. Mr. Trump then theorized about the possible medical benefits of disinfecting in the fight against the virus. Quote, and then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that by injection inside or almost a cleaning, he asked? Because you see if it gets in the lungs and it does a tremendous number on the lungs. So it would be interesting to check that. And they go on to say experts have long warned that ultraviolet lamps can harm humans if used improperly. OK, we don't need this stuff. New York Times, you know, that you ever, you ever go to the bathroom and they have that thing where it's drying your hands and you put your hands in it. And it's like it's like the air blade or whatever. They have an ultraviolet light that as you pull your hands out, it disinfects. There's also water filtration systems you can get for a couple hundred bucks that have a UV light that blasts the water to kill bacteria and disinfect it. Here's what I see with Donald Trump, a man who is grossly informed about certain aspects of medicine. He did not go up on stage and say we should do it. He went on, on the lectern. He went up there and asked if we could. Now, I think it is profoundly stupid. It's a ridiculous thing to ask. I also think him asking about the flu vaccine is stupid, but I also recognize, look, man, you want to criticize the president. Of course, I, I appreciate real criticism of people in power. And this is a this is a worrying thing to see the president not understand basics. But what about it? When I first heard this, like I said, it was like the boy who cried wolf. I didn't believe it. I'm like, no, no, no. Get out of here. I'm not reading this. I don't believe you. But of, of course I read it. I'm, I, I often read things that induce uh, cringe or pain like this thing from The Intercept. Quack in chief Donald Trump asks if bleach injections or tanning could cure COVID-19. Shut up. I just can't stand it. I hate the media, man. Don, the, the, the way the New York Times titled their story, I'm actually unimpressed with, to be honest. The New York Times titles that Trump asks if sunlight can kill viruses, that, that, that you are burying the lead on this one, the New York Times. That you can, you can publish the story saying Donald Trump asks if injecting disinfectant or sunlight could, you know, get rid of, could be rid us of the virus or something like that. You can title it like what he said. I have no problem with that. I don't know why they're doing it this way. Maybe, you know, it's, it's like I said, because they don't need to exaggerate or lie because this was not a smart thing to say. All of a sudden now it's real journalism and they're going to say, oh, but we were, we were very fair to the president. And then you look at all these other, other sites and they, they push things when they don't have to. Well, this is what we get from a, a broken media in this country. Do I think uh, uh, Donald Trump should be going up, against, uh, going up and saying these things? No, no, literally no. Okay. I, I think most people, uh, you're, look, you're going to see some really dire Trump supporters trying to defend this and you don't have to, man. Joe Biden is a walking gaff machine whose brain doesn't work. Okay, fine. Give him, give him this one. Donald Trump says some dumb stuff. He certainly does. And it's not the first time. We all know it. 
Well, well, well let's, let's see how else the New York Times wants to frame things. So, so here's what they do. They put things in stories like this. Experts have long warned that ultraviolet lamps can harm humans when the exposure is outside the body, much less inside. But bottles of bleach and other disinfectants carry sharp warnings of inge- ingestion dangers. The disinfectants can kill not only microbes, but humans. Yet despite a lack of scientific, scientific evidence, Mr. Trump has long pinned his hopes on an array of possible cures. Then they go on to drag hydroxychloroquine. Dude, it was other comp- uh, countries su- suggesting this. The CDC even said many other countries are using it. Don't, don't drag in a potential antiviral medication. Now let's, 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 you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask a question. Is, is it possible? And I don't know this. And I, I really don't. If, if you had the virus in your respiratory tract, in your lungs, could you do a, a UV sweep like internally? Would that do anything? I don't know. I, I actually, as someone who has no idea about internal medicine and, 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 how, and disinfectants and stuff, I hear that you can put uh, ultraviolet light on your skin and it makes me wonder. What if you shined ultraviolet light in your mouth? Would that kill bacteria too? I honestly don't know. I'm just asking. Is it so wrong for Donald Trump to ask? Well, I certainly think before Trump does these press briefings, he should talk to them about this stuff first. And now we get this. All right. You know what, man? WA emergency management, because everything's a hot take because we live in the worst of times. They say, please don't eat Tide Pods or inject yourself with any kind of disinfectant. If you do need help with COVID-19 issues, we have lots of resources, blah, blah, blah. Again, Donald Trump didn't tell people to go do it. He asked if it could work. Maybe maybe you could give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to do it. I think Trump has no idea what he's talking about. And he sounds like a moron. But, but what we get from the media is, is things like this from, from government agencies. Come on, man. We, I, you know, you're making things worse than they need to be. Now, this here from the BBC is actually fair. Disinfectant firms issue warning after Trump comments. Now, now again, I can say for the 50 billionth time, Trump didn't say to go do it or, 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 or suggest it. The same is true with hydroxychloroquine. The New York Times tries to pin that guy who ate fish tank cleaner, the anti-parasitic agent, on the president because he said, we're looking at a medication. It's great. I, I, I think it's going to work. We'll see what happens. It might not work. But we have this, uh, apparently now a bunch of different firms that like Lysol and Dettol and, and Clorox or whatever have been issuing statements. This I, I, I agree with. Look, man, the president said something stupid and now they're going to come out and, and they're, th- these are, they're doing very general statements, which I think are fine. So uh, what did they say? Lysol said, do, do they have? Yeah, okay. Due to the recent speculation and social media activity, we are, uh, here we go. Wait. Doctors warned the president's suggestion, blah, blah, blah. We get it. Where are you going to show us the actual statements? No, they're not going to do it. So we have this one from the Hill. Lysol maker issues warning against injections of disinfectant after Trump comments. They say the company, which also sells Dettol in the United Kingdom, shared in a statement on its website that due to recent speculation and social media activity, they had been asked whether internal administration of of disinfectants may be appropriate for investigation or use as a treatment for the coronavirus. They say as a global leader in health and hygiene products, we must be clear that under no circumstances should our disinfectant products be administered into the human body through injection, ingestion, or any other route. As with all products, our disinfectant and hygiene products should only be used as, uh, as intended and in line with usage guidelines. Please read the label and safety information the company shared Friday. I'm going to wrap this up. I don't care to talk about it, but it is, it is a big story. I'm going to say it for the 850 millionth time, and I apologize for those because I want to make sure it's clear that 
I, I personally am no fan of Trump saying stupid things, and I believe he should be criticized. But when you live in this media world where literally everything he says is taken out of context, everything is the worst possible interpretation, the worst possible assumption. It's just the most annoying thing in the world that finally now we can come out and say, hey, look, Donald Trump said something stupid. Let's fact check him on this. And you could. But now it's just crying wolf. Do you think you're going to have an effective conversation with all of the Trump supporters? Do you think they're going to believe you now? They're not going to. You have tainted the, the information pool. And what, like I said, I popped this up on Twitter and I'm like, not buying it, especially when you when you see what The Intercept writes. And they're not they're not the only ones who are this nonsense. Trump said nothing about injecting bleach or tanning. I'm not going to give Trump the benefit, of, the benefit of the doubt on this one. He said disinfectant. Obviously, some people will say, just like with the acid wash part, you know, story, that what he was referring to was possible antivirals. I don't care, dude. No, they were talking about disinfecting surfaces. And Trump asked, is it possible to get that in the body somehow? A truly ignorant thing to say. But he's asking a question. I can't fault the guy for asking a question. I can just be like, wow, maybe we need someone who knows a little bit more. Maybe it's not his area of expertise. I ultimately just don't care. You know, they're going to try and blame some stupid person eating bleach on him. No, spare me. Please stop acting like everything Joe Biden says is perfect. Please, media, stop taking what he says and many other Democrats and giving them the benefit of the doubt and assuming the best. And then when it comes to Republicans and when it comes to Trump, they always assume the worst. That's my problem with all of this. I want to have a fair and honest conversation about what this means. I want to sit down with someone. And I saw a funny tweet. So I'll wrap it up with this thought. It was from a conservative who said, because Donald Trump has often said things like this that have turned out to be true or peripherally or accidentally true, I'm going to bow out of this one. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a good point. Trump often says things that are dumb. And then later it's like, actually, there's something there. In this instance, though, let's, let's be honest, man. Come on. Trump said something that was dumb and the media is roasting him for it. If you are a Republican and a Trump supporter, you got to understand an important rule, which most of you probably do. The media is not going to be fair to you, period. That's a fact. And I was, I was when I was talking about the street conflict stuff, I, I said this to a bunch of uh, conservatives and, and some of them didn't like it. But I'm like, hey, man, don't don't hate the messenger. I'll tell you what, if you go out and say something, they will do everything in their power to make you look like a lunatic. And if it's a Democrat, they will do everything in their power to say you're a champion for freedom. Look at the protests going on. You get the rent strike leftist protests coming out. And what does the media do? Nothing. They just write regular old stories saying protesters don't want to pay rent. And then when a Trump supporter comes out saying I want my business back, they go, he just wants to play golf. This is the media. We know it's not fair. And it's why conservatives don't trust the press. So I wondered this, actually. I, I, I do have one more final thought. I was wondering, when I look at the data and it says that the left overwhelmingly trusts the press and the right overwhelmingly distrusts the press, I wonder if the real issue is that if you distrust the press, you will become conservative. And if you trust the press, you'll become liberal. Because you, you like everything I've just explained about how they frame things and, use the and give the benefit of the doubt to their preferred candidates, if you read this stuff, you'd be shocked and terrified of Trump. If you know how the media works, you'll roll your eyes and say, yep, that's Trump saying dumb stuff again. But you get it. He says these things. Does it mean the economy, like he's done a bad job in terms of the economy and stuff? No, he's done a good job on the things he's doing. So I'll tell you what. I see some people have been murmuring and asking about when I mentioned voting for, possibly voting for Trump. And I, I think I may brought this up earlier in the segment. 
But yeah, what's my alternative, man? Biden? Come on. Trump can ask a dumb question, but I can accept people ask stupid questions. There's a, there's a saying, there's no such thing as a stupid question. If Donald Trump didn't understand, he wants to ask, okay, I get it, but boy, do I want someone who already knows. I'll tell you what. But what am I supposed to do? Vote for Joe Biden? This is the problem. You have not argued to me any reason not to support Donald Trump. None. And so I know my reasons, things like this, foreign policy issues. I know my reasons. But if you want me to consider Joe Biden, you've got to explain to me his broken brain. You can't do it. The same goes for the Trump supporters. You want to explain to me why I should put support behind this guy. I'll tell you what, the best thing you're going to get out of me is, is not a vote for anybody. Good. So Biden doesn't get it. Neither does Trump. Hey, it's better than me voting for Biden, right? And to the Biden people, it's better than me voting for Trump, right? Here's the big problem with my entirety, uh, the entirety of my existence. Some people have said Tim has become more conservative. 100%, I would absolutely agree with that statement. I look at my old content where I was like, oh, we, you know, gun control and stuff. And then I had a conversation with Trump supporters and conservatives about 2A. And I'm like, it's actually a good point. Yeah. And then I look to the left and I say counterpoint. And they don't give me one. So now people are saying like, you know, I did this video yesterday and they're like, wow, Tim, that's a profoundly conservative, you know, uh, point of view. And I'm like, yeah, but my cultural positions are still in line with what the left used to be. But the left isn't at the table anymore. They're not arguing with me. They're pointing at Trump and laughing and saying he's dumb. And I'm going, okay, (laughs) I know. I agree. Are you going to defend Joe Biden now? Come on, man. So I'll tell you what. If my choice is between broken brain and sometimes says stupid things, what am I supposed to pick? The guy who Trump articulated a, a, a question. It was a bad one. And Joe Biden's, a, 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 his brain doesn't work. So I'll tell you what, the economy was roaring. It was great. And, and Trump's approval was, was skyrocketing. He, 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 he did the best he could on this. What am I to complain about? I know Trump does this stuff. So listen, the bigger question is, if you if you want my support or people like me when it comes to Joe Biden, you've got to make an argument for Biden, not an argument against Trump. I know what Trump is offering. I know who he is. I know what I don't like about him. But Joe Biden, all I see is derangement. And you've made you've made no point other than he's alive. All right, I'll keep this one short. I'll wrap it up. I'll see you guys at 1 p.m. on this channel. The other day, Donald Trump was at one of his press briefings and he was listening to the undersecretary talk about various studies they've done in disinfecting coronavirus on various surfaces in human saliva. And he asked a question about whether or not you could use this disinfectant, maybe inject it or get it inside inside the body somehow. Later, he was asked, you're not suggesting you would, you know, inject bleach or alcohol. And Trump said, no, it wouldn't be. Now, the media has run wild with this, and I did a segment on this earlier in the morning. I want to say a few things. I got to admit, I'm obsessed with this because I started doing a deep dive. A bunch of Trump supporters sent me some articles, and they're actually really good defenses of what Trump was saying. Apparently, Trump was informed about something. This, this is how it goes. Some, there will be something in the press Trump will see. And then later on, he'll say, I, I, I'm curious about this. And the media will attack him for it, ignoring the greater context. I still think... Donald Trump asked a silly question. I do, but I absolutely had to show the rebuttal from Trump supporters because it's a fair point. And I felt like lacking this context in my previous segment, 
I, you know, what am I going to do? I, I can't take the video down. I, I think I made I made a, 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 a appropriate points about Joe Biden and media double standards. And I do think Trump's question was a bit silly, but here's what I want to do. Let me show you this story that people are sharing. It's actually a good point about getting <laughs> disinfectants in the body. I want to show you that Donald Trump's context was still about bleach, but he did walk it back. And I think they are blowing this way out of proportion as they normally do. I feel as though I made a mistake. You see, like I said, I didn't want to believe the story about Trump saying we should inject this stuff. And while I do think Trump made silly questions, it's, it's not really that big of a story. And the media will latch onto anything, assume the worst about Trump. And it's kind of my point still stands from the earlier segment. But you really got to see these things because it's actually quite fascinating. But what I really want to get to is this story. So remember that guy who ate the fish tank anti-parasitic agent? We've got numerous stories now about how his wife had apparently hit, hit, uh, hit him in the past, was giving him, you know, vitamin cocktails. The insinuation from many people is that this woman who was a Democratic donor and lifelong Democrat who called Trump like the psycho in chief or something, wanted to, <clears throat> excuse me, kill her husband. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Now, I'm not going to make that insinuation. I'm just letting you know that's what people are trying to push. But the Washington Free Beacon wrote a story saying the dude who ingested this was an intelligent engineer. Why would he just eat this? And the points they make are that he just trusted what his wife had given him. And they're entertaining the possibility that the wife was really dumb or was trying to cause him harm. I do think everyone is desperate to defend the president. And I honestly just can't stand it anymore. But I got I got to say, man, I'm, I'm truly fascinated by this story about uh, nebulized hydrogen peroxide, as well as something called ultraviolet uh, blood infusion or something like this. There's a couple different light treatments. Apparently, Trump was actually asking a good question. So I, I kind of dragged the president pretty hard saying they're dumb questions. Now I feel kind of bad because let's be honest. There's no such thing as a stupid question. I mean, there are stupid questions, but if Trump wants to ask a medical expert a question about potential disinfectants and it's dumb, well, at least he's asking and not asserting. The headlines we're seeing on Reddit in the media are completely fabricated. When I went to Reddit, see, this is what I got obsessed with this. I did this segment already. I don't need to talk about it. But then I go to Reddit and they're like, Donald Trump suggests injecting bleach. He never did. He asked a question about it. More importantly, there are legitimate questions around treatments going back earlier this month. <clears throat> we'll read through this story a little bit. I think I already made the point about it, but we still have in the New York Times them trying to bring this up, saying Trump, you know, people try to put the responsibility on him. Dude, the lady, the lady gave her husband packs of some crazy tablet and he just ate it. So you can assume what you want. But check this out. Let me show you the remarks first. And then I want to show you there's, there's actually light treatments. They, there's an article someone sent me, the cure that time forgot. It's really fascinating. Apparently back in the day, they would actually use UV light because uh, what I was reading is that viruses and bacteria will absorb more of the, photo, uh, the, the a potential photo energy or whatever it is than human cells. And when human cells get damaged because the UV damages DNA, humans can repair their own DNA. So it's like, the, the bacteria and the viruses get hurt worse than the human does. It sounds similar to how chemotherapy would work. Now, listen, I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying any of this stuff will work. I'm just saying if I can go to the NIH.gov and see numerous stories published about using light under the skin to treat viral infections or other ailments, I'm kind of like, 
Trump's question wasn't stupid. I'm not saying it's legit. I'm not saying it's correct. I'm saying he asked a question. But let me show you this first. The context is important. This is what the, so this is the undersecretary. Uh, he's got this huge speech. This is under, uh, undersecretary Brian. He's giving the speech about their studies and he brings up, you know, how they can test in saliva. And then he, he basically says uh, something to the effect of disinfectants, saying, we're also testing disinfe- disinfectants readily available. We've tested bleach. We've tested isopropyl alcohol on the virus, specifically in saliva or in respiratory fluids. And I can tell you that bleach will kill the virus in five minutes. Isopropyl alcohol will kill the virus in 30 seconds. And that's with no manipulation, no rubbing, just spraying it on and letting it go. You rub it and it goes away even faster. We're also looking at other disinfectants, specifically looking at the COVID-19 virus in saliva. This is not the end of our work. As we continue to characterize the virus and integrate our findings into practical applications to mitigate exposure and transmission, I would like to thank the president and thank the vice president for their ongoing support and leadership to the department for their work in addressing this pandemic. I would also like to thank the scientists, not only in S&T, but the NBACC, but do, uh, but to the larger scientific and R&D community. Thank you very much. Trump then steps up and says, so I asked Bill a question that probably some of you are thinking, if you're totally into that world, which I find to be very interesting. Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. And I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, which you can do either through the skin or in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that too. It sounds interesting. We'll get to the right folks who could. Trump asked a question that apparently had been insinuated by the undersecretary already. Now, when I looked at this, my question was, I think it sounds silly. I'm not a doctor, but you know what? This should be proof to y'all that I have a predisposition against the president when he says stuff like this, because then sure enough, I should have checked my own bias and realized, well, you got to Google search this because I'll eat this one. While I'm not saying Trump is entirely correct, I think it's fair to point out he's asking a simple question that was brought up to him by the undersecretary who said he's going to test it. Then we have this story, ultraviolet blood irradiation. Is it time to remember the cure that time forgot? In fact, there are many people or into alternative medicine, what they do is they put a UV catheter under your skin. Apparently, some of these have been approved. It's not a mainstream treatment. I am not saying it is approved or it is good, but it does exist in numerous bits of literature. In which case, if I saw this from NIH.gov, which, mind you, is published by the authors to this. I don't think they they check all all, all these uh, publications. And they mention ultraviolet blood irradiation was extensively used in the 40s and 50s to treat many diseases including septicemia, pneumonia, tuberculosis, arthritis, asthma, and even poliomyelitis. If something was used to treat pneumonia back in the day, it's entirely possible it's completely ineffective. But Trump asking about it, I don't think is out of the question. We're talking about a 1940s and 50s treatment that fell out of use because of antibiotics, according to this publication. It could be wrong. I don't want to go back in time and look at stupid treatments. They used to drink lead and mercury or they used to, yeah, and other dumb stuff. But if it's true, just reading this on the surface, I think it warrants a question. And if someone is telling Trump this and then he asks the question, that is not stupid. But let's be fair, okay? I feel I I, I gotta admit I don't like doing like re segments, but we got we got we gotta address this. Trump then says, right, and then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute, 
And is there a way we can do something like that by injection inside or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets in the lungs and it does a tremendous number on the lungs. So it would be interesting to check that so that you're going to have uh, so, so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me. So we'll see. But the whole concept of light, the way it kills it in one minute, that's pretty powerful. Steve, please. Then they go on to ask other questions. But let, let me do this. Someone then asks uh, a question. Who's, who's asking? OK, he says, I, uh, but I just can I ask about the president mentioned the idea of cleaners like bleach and isopropyl alcohol you mentioned. There's no scenario that that could be injected into a person, is there? I mean, undersecretary says, no, I'm here to talk about the findings that we had in the study. We won't do that within the lab and our lab. So and then the president in, uh, interjects. It wouldn't be through injection. We're talking about through almost a cleaning, a sterilization of an area. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't work. But it certainly has a big effect if it's on a stationary object. The president is talking about sterilizing objects. And we've already heard numerous reports that they have aerosolized disinfectants, notably hydrogen peroxide, for disinfecting N95 masks. I don't know if they're still doing that. That's just something I, I pulled up when I started digging into this. I should have done all this digging before, but I am, I am but an imper- imperfect person. Donald Trump asked a question about injecting disinfectants after the undersecretary mentioned bleach and isopropyl alcohol. You could then make the assumption that Donald Trump was thinking you could inject bleach or isopropyl alcohol. It's also possible he was just thinking disinfectant in general. Of course, the media took it to the worst possible conclusion. Now, Trump supporters have stepped up with this article. It was it was published by MSN.com. They are considered credible by NewsGuard. However, Medical Daily, the original publication, has not been rated. I'm not telling you who to trust or what to believe. I'm just letting you know MSN.com republished this and they're putting their credibility on the line. But the story mentions that you could you could nebulize hydrogen peroxide, a disinfectant, and actually inhale it. Let me let me read a little bit for you. They say hydrogen peroxide appears to be another potential treatment for COVID-19. Health experts said the compound could help prevent the virus from spreading across the body and causing damage. They say hydrogen peroxide can be found in stores and the human body. The immune system uses the compound to boost the natural functions of cells and prevent viral infection. Amid the COVID-19 pandemic, H2O2 may help fight the coronavirus, according to Dr. Thomas Levy. He said people can utilize hydrogen peroxide using it in its aerosolized form in a standard nebulizer. That's something you put on your face and you can inhale it. They say vaporized hydrogen peroxide has long been considered effective in removing viruses. Researchers in 1997 discovered that the compound could completely inactivate a range of exotic animal viruses. Effective hydrogen peroxide nebulization quite literally chops that off the snake and the virus present elsewhere in the body can then readily be mopped up when the new virus influx has been terminated. The health experts recommends using a nebulizer. Okay. I don't know if this is legit. I'm not saying you should use a nebulizer. I don't know what's true or not. I can say that I do not believe Trump was referencing this, though many people are pointing it out. What I can say, uh, uh, additionally, if this story exists, that you can put some kind of disinfectant in the body, and I think it's fair to point out the question isn't stupid. And it was wrong of me to make that assumption. While I don't think the president knows what he's talking about, it is completely unfair, in my opinion, to claim that simply because he asked a question of his experts that he is somehow suggesting it or telling people to do it. Again, 
I hate doing a re-up on a segment I just did, but I have to, and it's like the best I can do. It's still, you know, I, did, I didn't want to just take my video down from earlier because I think my point stands that Donald Trump will come out and say something like, could we possibly put light in the body? And then everyone in the media says Donald Trump's a moron who wants to inject bleach. It's like, well, maybe if you actually take a look at this, it's not as big a deal as you're making it out to be. They're exaggerating as they normally do. But the one thing they've consistently tried to do is put the blame on what stupid people do on Trump. In this story from the Washington Free Beacon, which I'm not going to get into the greatest, like, ultimate details, they, they, they basically just lay out how this man, Gary, and his wife, Wanda, these are, the, these, are, these are the two people who ate the fish tank cleaner, that the guy was smart, that he was an engineer. Wanda would berate him. She had previously attacked him. She wanted a divorce. And his friends did not believe or understand why he would ingest this chemical. They go on to say, a friend of, uh, of Gary's said that Wanda would often make a cocktail of vitamins for Gary. Those who knew Gary said he was in good spirits and seemed normal in the days before he died. One source said that Gary had recently started undergoing chelation therapy, a medical procedure that is typically used to treat people who have abnormally high levels of heavy metals in their blood, such as lead, mercury, or arsenic. It is, some, it is sometimes also used as a homeopathic remedy for heart disease, autism, and Alzheimer's disease. About a week before he passed away, a friend said Lenius told him that he would never remarry if something happened with him and Wanda. Gary loved Wanda. He trusted her to do the right thing for him. I doubt that he second-guessed when she gave him the chloroquine. So apparently what she did was she mixed this chemical into soda. They both drank it and he died. The insinuation we've seen from many more conservative individuals is that she may have, there, there may have been malintent. I don't know for sure. It does seem this guy trusted her and he ate something dumb. If a dumb person does something dumb, it's not the president's fault. Okay. So the, the ultimate challenge, it really, you know what? Let's do it. Let's go for it. The double standard in media. Christina Cuomo, just the other day, posts list of out-of-touch coronavirus remedies. I think it's fair to say the president asked a question and people, many on the right, want to give him the benefit of the doubt. That's fair, I guess. I don't think you should always do that. The president doesn't always have to be right. I don't think Trump knew about vapor, uh, nebulized hydrogen peroxide. I think he was asking a question. It's not the stupidest question in the world. There's actually some merit to it. So I'll own up to that. I assumed it was really dumb and I insulted the president for it. So it's actually a decent question considering the other articles that have emerged, especially the UV light thing. I didn't know what I was talking about. It's fair to say. Now, Christina Cuomo has put out a list of out-of-touch remedies. Is the media now going to pile on to her? Of course, page six is. My respect if you want to call her out for putting out nonsense. But will all of these pundits on Twitter, all of these Donald Trump reply guys, BuzzFeed, Vox, etc., are they going to come out and point out that CNN's, you know, Chris Cuomo's wife, I think it's funny that Chris Cuomo's wife is also named Chris, but hey, it's a different thing. Are they both going to point out, you know, Trump and Cuomo. They're not going to do it. And I'm also not going to fall for the same mistake. So if you want to point out that Christina Cuomo is putting up silly, you know, uh, silly cures or whatever, body chargers, putting Clorox in bath water. Oh, wait, it's it's, okay. From the onion. I'm sorry. Uh, Don't load anything. Okay. Let's read this. They say, even though her CNN anchor husband, Chris, the brother of New York, you know, Cuomo was universally panned for his melodramatic exit from the COVID quarantine. It gets worse. Uh, quote, when my sinus congestion was painful, I enlisted Dr. Roxana Namavar, 
and pretty healthy from Pretty Healthy NYC, who also does vitamin drip at home at the Hamptons, she wrote. She shows up in her full hazmat outfit in 3M, you know, blah, blah, blah. I got magnesium, NAC, vitamin C with lysine, proline, and B-complex, folic acid, zinc, selenium, blah, blah, blah. In what reads like a piece from The Onion, Christina adds, both days I added a half cup of Clorox to my bathwater to combat the radiation and metals in my system, what, and oxygenate it. Adding a small amount of non-concentrated bleach to a bath is said by some to rid the skin of bacteria. However, doctors say the smell of bleach can trigger asthma and other breathing problems. You know what? I'm bowing out of this one. It sounds silly to me. But why are you dragging a vitamin drip? I don't know about that. We need we need vital minerals or whatever. They go on to say that it's pseudoscience. She talks about using a body charger, which energy specialist Randy Oppett suggests I brought from a friend. Okay, <laughs> I'm out. Listen, man. I'm gonna. I, this, this is why I often avoid these stories. People get mad at me. They say, why don't you rag on Trump? I get all these tweets saying, Tim, are you going to drag Trump over this? And you know what? I've done this several times. Trump will say something and I'll be like, okay, now that has to be insane. And I'll go ham on it. And then minutes later, all of a sudden I get inundated with all this information. And I'm like, well, I was wrong. So it's put me in a position where because the media and Democrats have cried, they've cried wolf so often. I can't, I can't even talk about this stuff. You know what, man? Look, some people have said they were expecting me to be balanced and drag Trump and the Democrats and the, the other foot never dropped. Listen, man, when The Intercept, which drags Trump all day and night, writes the mainstream media got 30 plus stories wrong and issue attractions, I can't just blindly walk into these stories where they're like, Trump did this. Because when I do, I end up with a segment earlier where I'm like, haha, Trump is so dumb. What a dumb question. And then I'm like, oh, these things actually exist. <laughs> okay. I don't think Trump is the smartest man in the world. I don't think you need to defend everything he does. I think do doing so makes it seem like you're being dishonest. Certainly, you can criticize the guy for saying dumb things. In the context of bleach, he was talking about injections. Maybe, so you can call it stupid, but maybe there's something we just don't know. And you know what? If you're not a doctor, maybe we shouldn't be making a a assumptions. But more to the point, if you want to criticize Trump's statements on these things, it's fine. He was asking the expert, so calm down. When I read through the transcript, I was like, this is actually a lot of nothing. You know what's going to happen? Chris Cuomo and his wife will not be talked about. He, the, you know, all of these people, very few are actually calling out CNN for staging this whole COVID thing because it's a, it's a double standard in media. So I'll own up to the fact that I jumped the gun. And I shouldn't do that. Not that I'm saying Trump is correct. I'm not saying these treatments are correct. I'm saying there's merits to asking questions about them. And, I'll, and I think that's a fair point. So I'll leave it there. Next segment will be coming up at 4 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast. It is my other channel and I will see you all then. Social justice is dying. The woke authoritarians are failing because we have real problems to worry about right now. But it doesn't mean they're not trying to survive. Now, this article here, I teach at Oxford, but I don't want it to win the coronavirus vaccine race is actually really, really bad for these woke authoritarian types, because in their desperation to survive, the only outrage they have left is the outrage of success. And this article, the woman actually argues that she doesn't want the UK to develop a vaccine that will save lives because it will make China look bad. What? I'll tell you what, if social justice was going to die because of the coronavirus, this is going to accelerate it because any sane person is going to say, I don't care who makes it. I'll pay for it to whoever has it. But of course she says, the story will be clear. China once again has unleashed a threat to civilization but the best brains of the UK have saved the world. Dr. Emily Cousins writes, proving being a doctor doesn't prove you're smart.
Huffington Post. She writes for the Huffington Post. In need of a question for your next Zoom pub quiz, here's one. We're getting used to seeing either Boris Johnson, Dominic Robb, Matt Hancock, Robert Jenrek, yeah, 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 a bunch of British people, uh, uh, wheeled out to our screens at 5 p.m. But why is Jenrek the odd one out? The answer? He's the only one that didn't go to Oxford. He went to Cambridge. Oxford, that symbol of British excellence, producing the finest minds in the world. And if this week's news is anything to go by, leading the race to develop a vaccine against coronavirus. Surely I should be proud that the institution I have spent a decade studying and subsequently teaching at could be the first to develop a vaccine. Not only proud, but hopeful and excited. My 72-year-old dad is usually a highly social and active man. However, he lives on his own in a very rural village and is becoming increasingly worried that he won't be able to return to his usual ways for years until such a vaccine is developed. So why has my initial relief at hearing Oxford and Imperial are racing away to develop the vaccine followed by worry? Let's suppose that Oxford does develop the first vaccine. What happens next? She goes on to say, well, there could be a production shortage. And, and then this will lead to the rich countries hoarding supplies. We were too late when it came to stockpiling PPE, but we won't be caught out again. The vaccine developed by our finest brains is ours, and it will be Britons who are prioritized for protection. Yes, because you paid for it. What do you think you're going to do? Make the vaccine and then give it to someone else? Apparently, this woman has never been on an airplane because they tell you, make sure to secure the mask of your, your mask before securing the mask of the person sitting next to you. Because if you die, then no one has the vaccine. Could you imagine a single human being saying, Eureka, I have cured cancer. And even though I have it, I'm going to give the cure away. And then in a year he's dead and no one has the cure anymore. If the UK knows how to make a vaccine, by all means, you've earned the priority. Feel free to vaccinate your population and then sell the production and produce in other countries. And I will tell you this. If you invent some machine that saves my life or some product that saves my life, I will gladly pay you for it. Thank you for doing the hard work to allow me to live. But of course, it wouldn't be social justice absurdity if there wasn't also some, I don't know, racism involved. Now, what I truly love about this social justice narrative is that she is oh so worried about China, which has, what, 1.3 billion people to the UK's, what does is, what is UK have, like 60 million? I don't know. Maybe even less than that. You're worried about them. You're the minority, dude. <laughs> she doesn't get it. Let's read on. She says, if there is enough vaccine to go around, the UK will be the world savior. We'll quickly forget the devastating delay of the UK government to take action as Boris Johnson proudly safeguarded British institutions like individual liberty and the pub over lies. We'll forget the lessons that the pandemic has taught us so far, that the UK and the US are in fact not exceptions at the global stage, that we are not only vulnerable, but we can also afford to learn lessons from countries regardless of whether we have a special relationship with them, such as South Korea, that being white, male, and Oxford educated may not be the only criteria for effective leadership. Okay, so hold on. Are you admitting that the white men of Oxford might save the world from this disease, but that's a reason why you don't want them to? So people will learn a lesson about not white males being able to save the world? How does this make sense to these people? They, they, must, they, have, they have a truly a special kind of derangement. The developments made by researchers at Oxford have been enabled by international cooperation among the research community, 
whilst China has faced lots of questions about its sharing of information politically, according to Laura Spinney. The unprecedented speed of virus development so far is in thanks in large part to early Chinese efforts to sequence sequence the genetic material of COVID-19. China shared that sequence in early January, allowing research groups around the world to grow the live virus and study how it invades human cells and makes people sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes on to mention some people say that they've shared this information. China's also lied and tried to slow us down. Stop defending China. What are you doing? She says, this wartime rhetoric is useful in instilling a sense that this is a moment when individuals need to make sacrifices and put country first. But this time, the enemy is not a nation. It's a microbe. So why do our collective solidarities end at the border? The re- because we pay taxes and that's our community. We can't pay for literally everyone. The race is on and researchers at Oxford are doing vital life-saving work. Thank you. But races have winners and losers. If my university is the first to develop the vaccine, I am worried that it will be used as it has in the past to fulfill its political patriotic function as proof of British excellence. I'll tell you what, if Britain develops a vaccine that works, it will be proof of British excellence. And I will have no problem saying, thank you, Britain. Excellent work. The story will be clear. China, once again, has unleashed a threat to civilization, but the best brains of the UK have saved the world. Whilst I'm hopeful that I will be able to visit my dad soon, this must not overshadow the key lesson of coronavirus. International cooperation saves lives. The research community knows this. Let's hope our politicians do too. They say Dr. Emily Cousins researches vulnerability and gender. Ah, who saw that one coming? At Oxford Brooks University and teaches on the Women's Studies Master Course at University of Oxford. Yes, yes, excellent. I'm going to take the opinion of the Women's Studies and Gender Studies professor over the epidemiologists, virologists who may be making a cure to save the lives of everybody. But I'll tell you what, how about we play the game you played? Remember when they said that if you want to protest at the economy reopen, you got to sign this waiver that says you are waiving all rights to medical treatment if you decide to go out and potentially get sick? Okay, I agree. Then let's present this same waiver to this woman. How about if you want them to not develop this, you sign the waiver saying you will not get the vaccine. There you go. Anybody who wants to have it can have it. And if you don't like it because it's not, it's going to make China look bad or because white men made it by all means, then you won't get it. Of course, some people have purported that social justice is dying in the coronavirus era. I am one of them. And I think for the most part it is. As I stated early on, this article is going to wake a lot of people up saying, are you nuts? We're trying to save the world here, dude. I don't care what the person looks like who does it. But of course, there are other people who are bringing up points, making it seem like this is truly ended, but it really hasn't. Barry Weiss from the New York Times writes, the coronavirus makes our old culture wars seem quaint. There are fights worth having. These are some of them. Okay, well, I I, I will apologize first. I'm not going to give her article. I'm not going to do it justice because I'm not going to read through the whole thing. But I want to point out that the general context of it, she she makes mention of, you know, arguing over a ban on plastic straws, whether that was actually a critical step toward ending our reliance on the fossil fuel industry. And it wasn't. And we know it wasn't. But look how insane these people are. They don't stop at straws. They argue that we shouldn't have straws. Okay, well, plastic straws from the US aren't the major contributor to plastic around the world. I am very much an environmentalist. I do not like that Donald Trump has removed a lot of protections for the environment. I'm not a fan of this. But I also recognize China exists. What do we get now? When they don't have something nonsensical to be outraged about, 
They get outraged about legitimate things and cause real problems. Let the Looney Tunes have their plastic straws if it means we can have the vaccine. But they won't stop there. As the world shifts its focus, it's possible we will see the outraged social justice people lose their status and stature because they're nuts and people are scared. It's also possible they use this fear and just shift their focus from plastic straws to the to to international relations and foreign policy. There's nothing racist about Britain developing a vaccine. There is nothing bigoted or bad for the world for them doing this. We share technologies all the time. Yes, I see your argument. You don't want Britain to hoard the vaccine. Well, they deserve money if they develop it. I, I, I absolutely think that's the case. And guess what? We have scientists and researchers too. We can probably develop our own. So you know what? The more competition, the better. If everyone just sat back and said, eh, don't worry about it. The UK is going to do it. How long would that take? Right now, I believe the number is around 70 different vaccines are, are undergoing development. This is great. That's competition. That's how it works. It means we're going to save lives. And if it's a Chinese person who does it, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to scream and say, oh no, how unfair. I don't like the Chinese government. That's for sure. But so long as it's tested and approved and our government, you know, regulates that properly, then fine. So be it. Who cares who makes the vaccine? So long as it saves us. There is some concern over trusting China. I'll be fair. You know, if the British develop it, I got no problem. If China develops a bit, I'm kind of concerned. But, but again, it's all about whether or not our government can, can, you know, look through it, make sure it's sound and make sure we're safe because the U.S. wouldn't let us take something. Well, for the most part, they would make sure it's mostly safe. I'm not saying I'm a big fan of the government or trust them. The point is, it's not about the vaccine. It's about the social justice. It may be going away. This story is really, really bad for them. I think it's gonna make regular people realize they've been nuts the whole time. And maybe Barry Weiss is white, is right. Maybe she's white. No, she's Jewish. Maybe she's right. And we're going to look back at the previous culture war stuff and it's going to be nothing. And maybe that's a good thing. I guess we'll see. I got a couple more segments coming up for you in a few minutes and I will see you all shortly. Leftists seem not to understand how economics work. They think everything is just magically given to them. And this, and, and this story, emergency cash, monthly payments of up to 5,500 for families and 2,000 for individuals comes from Forbes. And they point out that there are a couple people, Ro Khanna and Tim Ryan, who are advocates for this proposal. It's a lot of money. These people seem not to realize that money isn't food. Money can't get you anything. The value of money is based on what it can be translated into. It is a trade medium. So while this story exists, it's not what I want to focus on. I want to focus on the absurdities of the left who don't understand basic economics. And it reminds me of that saying, you know, what is it? It's, it's if when you're young, if you're not, a, if you're not a liberal in your, in your youth, then you have no heart. And if you're not a conservative, as you get older, you have no brain, something like that. You get, you get the point. Now, some people have said that my past video talking about universal basic income and the exploitation of the stimulus was extremely conservative. And you know what? Maybe that's true. It still doesn't mean that I'm overtly conservative on other things because culturally there's many things on the left that I'm all about. But it doesn't matter whether you're conservative or not. Tribal labeling means nothing. It's about whether you're mathematically correct. And these people aren't because they can't understand. I don't know why. They seem not to just, they don't, they don't get it. They think milk just floats in space like it's a video game, right? Like you can walk into a store and hold it above your head and music plays. And then blink, another bottle just magically appears. And all you need to get it is money. It's not how the world works. Somebody's got to make the milk. So here's what I tweeted. Only when the economy has totally collapsed, putting retailers, farmers, food processing plants out of business, will people realize that you cannot eat government stimulus money. It's not food. 
What is food is food. Well, here are some of the glorious responses I got. So if you find yourself as a blue hat Twitter account, I'm a coming for you. And I also find this really funny because I'm a big fan of uh, Yang and I supported him as he was running. And I was critical to a certain degree of his UBI proposal because I think what he was proposing more of was an, a, a public dividend off of private you know, major corporate profits. And there's a different conversation to be had there, though still many of the similar problems. Let's take a look at this here feller. This man, James Ellers, says... This isn't a well-thought-out idea. A monthly recurring stimulus payment would keep the economy going from the ground up. The trickle-up effect will help, but it isn't a cure-all. And if you're talking about the potential of money having no real value, that's a different conversation. Here's what I love about Twitter. First of all, I don't think this guy has any idea what I'm talking about. Here's what I said. When the economy has totally collapsed and retailers, farmers, and food plants are out of business, people will realize you can't eat money. That means... It means when the farms don't exist anymore, not that the farm exists and that you just simply need money to buy the product. Now, here's my favorite part. I would love to show you all the responses to this somewhat viral tweet, but they've all been deleted. That's right. You see, I started getting a bunch of notifications on my phone and all throughout the other day, I thought it was really funny. And I was going into my, my notifications and I would see these tweets from people saying things like, oh man, all of these leftists, progressives, UBI people were saying, that's right, because communist cows are on strike and things like that. Saying things like, LOL, because cows can't make milk when the economy stops, LOL. That, I got inundated with this, and I thought it was hilarious. Oh, man. And guess what? When I would click them, they were all deleted. You know why? Because yes, <laughs> when the economy stops, the cows stop producing milk. See, cows need food. And if the farmers can't ship out food to processing plants and they can't get food to the cows, the cows can't make milk. Was that so hard to understand? But here's my, here's my favorite. I did another tweet because they kept going on talking about, you know, combating deflation and using money to make the wheels churn. Let's take a look at what this guy is saying. This guy, James Ellis, right? I'm, I'm sorry I'm picking on you, buddy, but you're the one who, who responded to this. It's going to keep the economy going from the ground up. That is amazing. We're not talking about the economy just stopping of its own volition. We're talking about it being forced closed. So let me give you an easier way to understand this blue hat Twitter with this, this next tweet. I said, my friend said she needed milk, but was broke. I gave her $20 and said, you keep it. She went to the store and there was no milk, so she bought none. Blue Hat Twitter accounts were aghast, confused as to why the money could not get her any milk. I'll, I'll, I'll go on. Blue Hat Twitter, then outraged, demanded that I give more money to the woman so she could get the milk she needs. Perhaps the problem was I didn't give her enough. No, the milk doesn't exist. There's no milk. I said, the point is, if the economy stays closed, eventually dairy farms stop making milk. There will be no milk. How hard is this to understand? And I'm just using milk. I could use corn or any other product. They don't seem to understand that money doesn't just turn into something. Money is just a trade medium. Printing money does not solve the problem. So here we go back to the initial story I was showing you. I love the idea of emergency cash for families. The problem we have right now with the economy is not money for people, for the most part. It's the fact that we shut the economy down. You know, Rand Paul was saying this. You can print all the money in the world, and if there's nothing to buy, then there's no economy. You could, Look, you ever, you ever see what Venezuela's got going on? The, people have garbage bags full of cash. Garbage bags. 
I'm not kidding. You want to buy a pizza? You need a garbage bag full of money. And I'm surprised anybody even wants it. It's probably worth more as toilet paper, especially in these days. But that's what happens when you just print money and there's nothing to do with it. There's no demand. That's what people don't understand. That if you go to the store and there's nothing there. Actually, I'll put it this way. How would you like to buy a, a flow blob? A flow blob. I love using flow words. A flow blob. You're going to be like, I don't know what that is. You're right. You don't. Because it doesn't exist. Therefore, you can't buy it. You know, I was thinking about this, and there's another thing that plays into this the left doesn't seem to understand. Mostly the left, but a lot of people on the right, too. That they're, at a certain point, there's n you can't be more rich, right? And I think it's a fair question asked by leftists, like, how much is too much? I actually agree with that, because at a certain point, yeah, how much is too much? Like, there's too much. So I, was, I, I may have told this story before, but I know someone who's particularly wealthy, and I saw them in D.C., and I asked them about you know, how they got down there. I was like, did you fly first class? And they laughed. They're like, no, wait, first class, I'm well above that. And I was like, ah, private plane. And they went, no, I took the train. And I was like, ah, <laughs> that's boring. I thought you being super rich, you did something crazy. It's like a golden yacht down the coast. No, you take the train. Because even if you have money, even if you're the richest person in the world, you can't buy what doesn't exist. Yeah, sure, you can get a private plane, but it's not faster than just taking the train. These people seem to think, that money is a thing. It's not. You know, I was listening to uh, uh, the Rogan podcast the other day, and he was talking about if, you know, what if Jeff Bezos gave everyone $1,000? And it's $1,000 times 300, you know, uh, $1,000 times 327 million, and he would instantly be broke. He couldn't afford to do it all. But what Joe missed on this one is that, and with all due respect, is that it's, it's his net worth. It's just the value. It's the perceived value of his stock based on market value. He doesn't have the money to give away even, even if he wanted to. So I think this is a big problem that we see with the left. Now, I, I will give a shout out to this account for whatever reason, because it's the top one. I responded to it. I can't get over the irony of Tim Pool saying all this tough talk about people getting back to real blue collar labor from inside his cozy apartment where he will not leave for the next three months and complain the stay at home order is going to kill us all. Well, uh, first of all, I don't have an apartment. Second of all, I've been in my van for the past several days. Uh, and additionally, I own a house. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a mature adult homeowner. But why, why does my opinion not count? Because I have means. Because I have a job. This is the funny thing. When somebody says that you shouldn't worry and they have a job, that, I think, is something we should call out. If somebody is working for a media company where they're getting a paycheck and they're buying what they need and say, don't worry about it, we just need more government money, I think that is something to call out. It's like, don't, yo, listen, you don't actually make essential goods. You're writing about Brad Pitt's junk for $50,000 a year. You think I care about your opinion? Let me hear from the guy who makes the milk because I got to drink that, okay? Well, I don't got to drink it. I can, you can drink anything you want, almond milk, whatever. Maybe if you're vegan. I'm going to talk to that guy and say, hey, I'd like wheat to eat. How do we make sure you get that for us? They're doing the real work. Right now, they're offering up these big stimulus packages, and there's essential workers working at grocery stores, getting paid less, but risking themselves. So now they argue, okay, we'll give them a raise. Listen, man, money doesn't get you a thing. If we don't have an economy, then what do the doctors buy? The doctors are going to say, I will work here in exchange for money. And we'll say, that's great, we'll give you a million dollars each. And guess what? If there's nothing, the million dollars is worthless. I'll tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to issue anyone who asks one million Tim bucks. That's right. Tim bucks. And there's to, 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 to prevent someone demanding I actually issue them. They will be nebulous. You are, in fact, allowed to say you have as many Tim bucks as you want. There you go. From now on, you have Tim bucks. Just tell me how many you have. 
And that's how many you have. And uh, guess what? You can't buy anything with it. So if the doctors get to a point, if the critical infrastructure gets to a point where people can't spend money on anything, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think we just keep printing money and that will make the economy keep churning? No, because people won't need to do anything. Uh, you know what? I don't think there's any amount of explaining you could do to make these people realize it just doesn't make sense. Let's see if there's some response to, uh, to the James Fell. There were a bunch of other ones, like I mentioned, they all got deleted. This guy says with the blue hat, all he's saying is money doesn't matter if food ain't being grown and distributed. I got to apologize to the blue hats. This guy's a blue hat. And I was, I, I took it too far and I stereotyped the blue hats. Joy Biddle got the point correct. If the food doesn't exist, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Well, James replies, there is an oversupply of food, but people don't have the money to buy. We saw the milk farms just draining supply. Put money in people's hands and you'll see good things happen. No, James, no. The milk has to be sent to a processing plant, to a bottling plant. And yes, there is a specific problem of people not having the money. That's different. Food banks are running out of food. The supply chain is disrupted and farmers have nothing, nowhere to send it. It's because we forced the shutdown to happen. I am not talking about, <laughs> I am not talking about cash. I am talking about the economy being shut down. So farmers don't make food. But whatever, man, it's a stupid, silly Twitter segment because I've been talking about this one quite a bit over the past day, and I haven't done a, a stupid me Twitter segment, so I hope you enjoyed this. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. If there is anything good that could come out of the coronavirus pandemic, it will certainly be the exposure of celebrity culture. Now, she throws in, uh, our wall over at The Guardian throws in capitalism. No, not so much, but I appreciate the attempt. The rich and famous are desperate to prove we are all in this together. In fact, the outbreak has highlighted just how false that is. Yes. You see, either I'm in my foofy basement studio with my private skate park in my backyard, or I'm in my expensive travel van. I totally get. I'm still working. I'm doing really, really well. And I do not represent the average person, which is why I defer to them when they're lining up in food banks. It's also why I defer to some people defer to some of the people who are worried that opening up too soon could be bad for them because I'm not in an extremely vulnerable position. But while I will check my privilege, understanding that with your support, I'm able to, to be safe and be well, and I appreciate it. There are many people who don't extend that understanding to the poor. And it's celebrities who belittle, berate, and request too much. So this is just one of the stories I have pulled up, which I'm, I'm, I'm not going to show you this one, but I want to sh show you some others. And then I want to show you the, the, the main story about the backlash for celebrities. First of all, we have the story from ABC News. Celebrities reveal new sides during virus, but face backlash. We're learning a lot about each other these days. And that's especially true with our celebrities. You see, the real issue is that celebrities are, well, first of all, they're advertisements, they're marketing gimmicks. But as I pointed out yesterday in the story that was ragging on Ellen DeGeneres, these celebrities, they're just here to sell a product to you. They don't like you. They don't care about you. Here's a good example. The Atlantic writes, the problem with celebrities urging fans to donate during a pandemic, as millions of people struggle with layoffs and lost wages, now is not the time for wealthy stars to be asking ordinary Americans to give money. It's fantastic to me. It's, it's wonderful. It's actually uh, really cool that you have these multimillionaires at a time when people are desperate for money and need an economic stimulus to champion this potential uh, uh, indefinite lockdown, which is now being extended, while living in luxury in their fancy pools and yachts and having nothing to worry about. They sit here and they say, why don't you all donate? Some people do. Much respect to those who can and those who do. But celebrities are 
well, it's, it's fake life. It's not real. These people don't know what it's like to be you and they don't care. They think they can, they can treat this the same as they treat everything else. Popping up on video and being like, why don't all of you donate some money to this cause? It's because we don't have food, buddy. And you do. How about you give your millions? And actually some celebrities have been smacked down in just this way, coming out, asking for people to donate and then being told, buzz off, dude. The economy's shut down. I ain't got no job. You give the money. You got it. We can see it across the board. Atlantic writes, in a recent video on Instagram, Ashton Kutcher and his wife, Mila Kunis, made an appeal to Kutcher's 4 million followers before Kutcher could finish declaring that these unprecedented times call for unprecedented measures. Kunis weighed in with her own solution, more drinking. Then the couple introduced a new product called Quarantine Wine, a Pinot Noir they're selling for benefit to benefit coronavirus relief efforts, priced at $50 for two bottles. 100% of the profits will be donated. Quarantine Wine is sold through a partnership with Knocking Point, a winery co-owned by one of their friends. I love that. <laughs> we're in the midst of a pandemic and they're telling us that we should be giving up. We should be buying their products. I, I appreciate the entrepreneurial behavior. The idea came about because like many people, Kutcher and Kunis have come to rely on virtual happy hours. Also, I didn't realize those two were married as they isolate during the pandemic. The couple's new social habits might seem relatable to their fans, but their fundraising announcement has more in common with charitable gestures that their fellow celebrities have made in recent weeks. And, I, and I'll be fair. I'll be fair. Come on. Selling a product is very, very different than, you know, uh, trying to get people to give away their money. I think it's fine if somebody wants to buy something. In fact, you could be fair and say it's 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 keeping the economy going to, to varying degrees. There are going to be people who, who make the wine and all that stuff. So... I don't think it's, 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 we can be that critical of them trying to sell a product right now. Although, let's read more. The rapper Ice Cube and the emo band, My Chemical Romance, for example, have started selling branded merchandise to benefit coronavirus-related causes. Some ultra-wealthy figures, including the singer and business mogul Pharrell Williams, have taken to social media to ask their followers to donate to various pandemic relief funds. It's the donating I don't like. If you are an ultra wealthy celebrity and you want someone to give money, by all means, you can go and do it. Don't ask poor people to. Now, if you're somebody who wants to do a charity program, here's what I'd expect of you. If you're a celebrity and you're very wealthy and you want to do like merchandise that will benefit certain relief efforts, that I actually agree with. You know why? It's giving people jobs and it's also benefiting nonprofits. That is how you do it right. So that I can respect. They say such efforts. So uh, the, the idea, okay, I'm sorry. Of course, many of these stars are giving their own money in addition to soliciting donations for wealthy causes that I can respect as well. But their approaches to charity in part reveal a dysfunction that unites celebrity culture and American individualism writ large. Even as the federal government is failing to provide mass testing, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. They say uh, the public's wealth, uh, the, the nation's wealthiest citizens are offloading responsibility for public health and economic survival onto the shoulders of the people most affected by the crisis. Unlike other mega rich people, who are invisible to the general public, celebrities who appeal to fans for donations are drawing on a foundation of trust. Whether on Instagram or Twitter, entertainers create their posts with an implicit understanding that their opinions, interests, and political views carry weight. The parasocial nature of fan artist bond in which followers invest one-sided emotional energy into the relationship ennobles celebrities' words. Under normal conditions, it wouldn't seem strange for entertainers to be unaware of how their fans actually live. I'm bringing this up for a reason. It's kind of a self-reflect and a bit of a self-criticism because in many of the videos I've put out, I've been very critical of celebrities and those of means living in comfort and luxury while everyone else is locked down, scared and suffering. But I will point out to an, uh, in my own defense, 
I have done promos for uh, the for emergency food, and that's because I think you actually should have some. It's something I think would actually be a, a net benefit to you. I don't necessarily think wine is, but I do like the idea that they're they're at least trying to say like, hey man, you can buy this thing, right? But more importantly, I've I frequently switched uh, for a long time now to not asking people to make direct dona donations. People do that of their own accord. I actually ask now for general shares. And the reason for it is I'm very, uh, I guess, cognizant of populist versus elitist. And I very much do not like the fact that we have built celebrity culture up where you have people who, who, who make a living off of just demanding and exploiting from the poor. I make uh, money off YouTube ad revenue, as well as your contributions, which uh, I really do greatly appreciate. But one of the main reasons why I kind of back away from it, because I, I do feel that at a certain point too much is, you know, enough is enough. And I, I don't know if I brought it up in this segment. I think I did. At a certain point, you just don't need a private plane. You can take the train. It's actually faster. And I recognize that. So when I look at these celebrities and you look to these like, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if Twitter allows me to, uh, I'm sorry, YouTube allows me to say the word, but these women on say like streaming services who do basically the same thing, they be, they be, they berate you and they insult you and say, you must give, you must give me, that's what you need to do. They're, they're exploiting people who, you know, are otherwise in dire straits to make money. I've been accused of the same thing. It's one of the reasons I want to point this out. We've seen how people like uh, Alyssa Milano, immediately give up on what their principles are supposed to be if it means she's going to get Joe Biden a victory. We see how Ellen DeGeneres gets called out for treating her employees. We see how many celebrities are just so completely disassociated, you know, dissociated or, or removed from the general public. I'm glad it's happening. I really, really am. They like to say that celebrities are just like you and me. It's not true, man. It's absolutely not true. You know, there are a lot of people they can't go outside. There was a story on Reddit the other day about Michael Jackson, like hiring people to pretend to be in like a suit, a mall, so we could have a normal experience. It's like, bro, wear sunglasses and a hat and like a mask or something. I don't know. Maybe you can't do it. Maybe people would freak out. Maybe wearing a mask doesn't get you a normal experience. Fine. But they like to say celebrities are just like you and me. And in some ways that's true, but for the most part, it's not. They live in luxury. They don't worry about what they're going to eat. They eat the best food in the world. They can travel wherever they want, wherever they want. And I know this. I know many of these people. I have seen how they live. I have had people say to me, Tim, would you like to come with us to Geneva for the weekend? And I'm like, are you nuts? It's going to cost like $5,000 to just get a last minute ticket on a Friday and fly to Geneva. But that's how they live. And that's why when, when these things happen, they really don't get how bad things are. And now I'll throw some shit at the politicians. The elites... The people on top of everything, the people with power, don't understand what it is you go through. And that's why I personally fall on the side of the economy should be reopened. I understand it will be the poor primarily affected by this. But I also understand that there are people who are scared and can't work and want their jobs back. I can also understand why an individual would demand the right to have individual freedoms. Because in the United States, you can be the poorest person in this country you can walk up to the richest, most powerful man, including the president, and tell him to go shove it. And there's nothing they can legally do about it. Of course, people have non, you know, extra legal means to deal with, you know, being rude. The point is, if you're somebody who's facing serious hardship and you don't know where your next meal is coming from, the one thing you do know is that you have a right to make the choice for yourself to survive. Unfortunately, now with the decrees and the lockdowns, you have these wealthy-ish politicians, most of them being millionaires, who don't know what it is you're going through and won't advocate for what you need. They'll say, too bad. Too bad. And then you'll get these celebrities that kind of just sit in their luxury apartments and their yachts and gloat and laugh and say, man, ow, it feels like I'm in jail. 
Ellen DeGeneres made that joke where she said, it feels like I've been in jail because I've been wearing the same clothes and everyone around here is gay. Ha 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 ha. It's so funny. You feel like you're in jail. You know, uh, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't like the joke, but I, I'm fine with her making the joke. I just think that the problem with it is that it shows it's not so much the gay part of it. That's, you know, what, what you know, I was critical of that. And I, I, I do think, you know, it's silly, but it's, it's that you want to talk about what it's like to be, to feel, to, you, you, you want to talk about what it's like to be in jail. Talk to the people who are in jail and who are at risk of getting sick and talk to the people in New York who live in, in, in squalor who are in tiny cubicles. Spare me your celebrity grandstanding about how you're going to save the world and do all these things. Here's what they, here's what they conclude. Nothing is stopping those multimillionaires from donating money themselves and continuing to stream the battles for free. Under social distancing guidelines, Dr. Dre and Diddy shouldn't be leaving their homes anyway. Why should they charge fans for watching them amuse themselves for an hour? These kinds of suggestions whiff off of cluelessness about widespread poverty at best and disdain for fans at worst. Even as they acknowledge the unprecedented times the whole world has entered, the celebrities of the world can afford to give a lot more than $50 to charity, even if they don't get any wine out of it. Many of their fans don't have that luxury, especially now. If you choose to buy something, I think that's fine. If Myla and Ashton want to sell wine, I think it's, I think it's fine. All right. Now, I personally try to stick to very, you know, more important things. Like that's literally why I only promote emergency food. And it also was to help support my channel. And I thought it was something you would, you genuinely need, genuinely need. And so I've actually put off doing some of the other, I, I do have another obligation for sponsorships, which I've put off and I might not get to this month. Because I don't want to be in the position where I'm like, ha, ah, you should go and do these things when you're in your, your most desperate position. So look, I am, I am, I am uh, in a similar boat to many of these people. I gotta, I'll be completely honest. And so that's why I'm trying to be as cognizant as possible of the privilege of, of being able to keep working and of having means at a time when people are desperate. It's why I think many of these people coming out and acting like you should do things or they're better than you or they're going to sing songs to you is just so callous. But ultimately, it's not to be so hard on these celebrities. I understand they're doing what they know. I just hope that after this, we realize they aren't like us. They're removed from us. And even you know, to, an, to an extent, I am removed from many of you. I'm certainly not the same as the super millionaire you know, celebrities in Hollywood, but you know, I'm doing all right. I'll leave it there. Got to get back on the road. I should be in LA by the time you've watched this video. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m.